Hi, welcome to Pod Club. We've had such a great response to our latest episode featuring Glenn Bloomstrom talking about faith communities and suicide prevention. From social media chats to team conversations in the tea room, pod clubbers around the world have had a lot to say. Most, whether they are within or outside a faith group, agree that prioritizing suicide first aid training in these settings is a good idea. Mark posted online, fantastic initiative would encourage others in suicide prevention to get involved. Chuk said, I enjoyed the interview and felt Glenn's talk really resonated on so many levels as ever something to learn. Dinah told us, I'm not religious at all, but some of my friends are, so I'm fully behind church groups getting into suicide first aid. I want to know that if one of my friends is thinking of suicide, their church is a safe, non-judgmental place they can go for support. And we didn't just have comments on social media either. We also had a couple of audio messages sent through. We heard from Susie, who said, Listening to the podcast was really interesting. It was great to hear the positive attitude that Glenn had towards training within faith groups, whether that be Christian, Muslim, Jewish, and the need for leaders within those communities to be equipped to have difficult conversations and raise difficult conversations with members of their congregation and foster a culture, which Glenn mentioned being very important, or being a factor in managing suicide prevention within faith communities. I think there wasn't anything new in terms of my understanding of how suicide prevention occurs slash is managed at the moment, which means I don't think it's something that is on the spectrum, so to speak, at all, which Glenn mentioned in terms of going to do training and things. There's one module on chaplaincy and it doesn't include having these kinds of difficult conversations. So that wasn't necessarily a surprise to me, but it's great to hear someone that's spent their time and they obviously have their own strong relationship with their spirituality and with God. And for them to be really keen about having those kinds of conversations and and that it is a really important conversation to have. I also think that when he was talking about culture, that's one of the key, key things. I think there would be all the training you could offer in the world. But I do still think there would be some faith groups out there that wouldn't take part in it, just because the leadership has their own strong belief around suicide and suicide prevention wouldn't come across their their radar. So the culture thing is massive and I have quite a strong opinion on that just because of my own experience. I was probably in a more vulnerable, well, was definitely in a more vulnerable position than I am at the moment in terms of my mental health around two, three years ago. I went back to a church, Christian church, and it was amazing. And it reaffirmed kind of my own faith. It reaffirmed my relationship with God and that, there's something much, much bigger out there and, and I can't control everything. And and for me, even though I was taking anti-anxiety medication and being treated and having counselling for depression, it was great for me. It was amazing. And although I don't attend church at the moment, I still have my own faith. And as Glenn said, I practice that on my own terms because it's my relationship with God. It's not anybody else's relationship with God. And I think in terms of those cultures that are negative or could be negative towards suicide and and suicide prevention, I think it's those leaders in those kinds of 
groups that don't have the attitude that everyone's on their own personal relationship with God or whatever their spirituality is and whatever their faith is. It's a personal thing and I think there's some leaders within churches that don't necessarily recognise that. And I think just to mention, there was a time when I did attend church and without anyone knowing my own situation in terms of taking medication for anxiety and depression, one of the leaders there, one of the pastors, mentioned that she didn't think that anybody needed to be on medication because God could, I suppose, (laughs) make it better and have paths that didn't involve medication. So it's those kinds of things that need a bit more, on the micro level, it would be much harder to ensure that leaders throughout faith communities think about those kinds of things in the conversations when they have so much else going on within their world. And as Kim and Glenn talked about, looking after themselves is also a massive thing. So that one comment in a conversation with a group of amazing women wasn't necessarily meant to cause me harm, but it it made me come away feeling less supported within those groups. So culture is huge and knowing your audience and who you're talking to is also huge. It's a really tricky thing to, I think, pin down in terms of faith communities and culture. And on that note, I think just around cultures it's and, and individuals, it's important to remember that people may become engaged again with faith communities when they are vulnerable. So having leaders that are able to deal with these kinds of difficult conversations or not even difficult conversations, deal with a wide range of different people from different backgrounds that have different issues and whether that be mental health problems or other issues. It's how do you toe the line between being themselves and true to their own personal relationship and journey with their faith and with God but also make sure they're not putting anybody at risk by saying the wrong thing or approaching a situation in a certain way. And finally some reflections from Ziad. I wanted to start off by mentioning that the conversation of suicide is a must-have within our faith communities It's a conversation which is long overdue and should not be avoided. We know that studies have shown that a great portion of congregants often go to their faith leader for questions around their own well-being, in particular related to their mental health and if they're facing issues with mental illness or are in a crisis situation, they're often the first point of contact. So I guess having done and engaged with community leaders within an Islamic context and training imams and community leaders around suicide prevention, there were three observations which you know I took away or I made based on my interaction. So I think the first thing was imams and community leaders are often undertrained when it comes to crisis intervention. And it was feeling to know that there was a paradigm shift experienced by the attendees who came and spoke and were able to have that conversation in a safe space. And more importantly, understanding that their confidence increased based on that particular training course that we ran. 
The second thing was within faith communities, there's a default when it comes to the well-being of each other. Just to break that down, we often take great concern for the well-being of our fellow congregants. And there's that general attitude that I care about someone. If someone's going through a tough time, then you know it's a responsibility to try and help them out, to alleviate them of their distress. And I think that's extremely important. That's an awesome value that faith communities possess. And at the same time, more importantly, it needs to be coupled with the right skills, especially when it comes to suicide intervention. I often say that having good intention and great attitudes and great values towards others is half of the equation. The other half is that needs to be coupled with the right skill set. And that's when I say having only one of those things, in particular having the, the good intention part, that can actually lead someone to overstepping their mark or perhaps not doing enough when intervening. And the third thing was we need to start thinking beyond the label. We often have a tendency taking into account the different scriptures amongst different faith communities that suicide is labelled as prohibited. It's not allowed Someone will be doomed to hell forever, etc., etc. And I'm not arguing against this or for it in this case because we know that the conversation is a lot more complex than that. The aim with intervention trainings like the Suicide First Aid course aim to speak and really embrace the idea that there's a lot more than just pushing it to the side and labeling it. Especially that can be really harmful for someone that's in the state where they are contemplating suicide. The conversation around suicide lies beyond that. There needs to be engagement. There needs to be the realization that someone in a role of influence plays an important role in taking someone to safety. I really like the idea that the concept of the natural helper that was alluded to in the podcast, because it speaks about the idea that There needs to be a a bigger focus on the idea that the layman and the frontline workers need to be trained to provide safety and to intervene safely when it comes to someone that might be facing some type of distress. And that goes against the idea that only mental health professionals need to be speaking about it. Because as we know, mental health services, mental health professionals are often stigmatized and that is often represented by the statistics that people who need help often don't go and seek help. So I guess just wrapping up, the episode really struck a chord when it came to speaking about this topic within faith settings and the need to increase dialogues and intervention trainings. And I'm glad that the ASSIST program is playing that role in contextualizing these trainings to different communities. And it's something that I personally love to see roll out within my particular faith community. So thank you. Thank you so much to everyone for your feedback. Keep the comments coming and stay tuned for the next episode coming soon on all your usual podcast players. See you in pod club.